Hello and welcome to this week's Sports Girls podcast, my sidekick, Adrian O'Sullivan, joins me again this evening and we are delighted to have Calvin Camogie captain and a former Calvin footballer, Aaron Galligan, on with us. Sully, we'll start with a look back at the weekend's games and uh, a few very interesting results. Division 1, Group 1, Waterford and Offaly drew while Clare had a two-point win over Kilkenny. Yeah. Um, look, there's no other way to start the show only to, to talk about the Clare game, I suppose. Um, we did allude to the fact that we maybe felt that Clare had a chance in this yeah. game. Um, well, you did. The... Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> um, I just felt that, I suppose, um, they had the competitive fixture under their belt and that maybe it would be difficult for, for Kikini coming in um, with so many new players and without having played. Um, and ultimately, I suppose it was, it was proved correct. Um, and look, I think it's important that the narrative of this win for Clare isn't about um, it being a bad result for Kikini and it's the focus on it being a good result for Clare. I hate when that happens. Yeah. You know, if, there, if there's a shock result or if there's an unexpected result that it focuses on, on maybe the team that inverted commas didn't play well. Yeah. But um, I listened to the commentary on this and apart from maybe the first 10 or 15 minutes, uh, it looked like Clare were just in complete control of this game and got their tactics absolutely spot on and were full value for it, you know. And look, they're they're two from two in the league now. Um, I know they've a lot of training done over the winter, but I suppose it was a it was a tricky enough time for for Jer and the lads and the management over the winter. They had a lot of changes in management. They got a new coach in Galway, Connor Dolan. Well, he's, he's uh, played for Galway and Clare back in the day, but was with Galway last year and um, lost maybe a few key players. Uh, that's always tricky for management when you lose a few senior players the worry is that maybe there's a few more looking towards the door but um, they had a very strong 15 named on, on Sunday and did a lot of the Ashburn Cup stars from last weekend three or four from ourselves Joel Keir Doyle from WIT and did a bit of experience there with uh, with Laura McMahon and, and Emer Kelly thrown in as well and um, yeah it was a really really solid performance and look it wasn't a smash and grab job they, yeah. they led at half time they led for the whole of the second half and and uh, were 100% good value for the win. And what was brilliant was it was in Nolan Park, and not only was it in Nolan Park, it was part of a doubleheader with the hurling teams playing afterwards and playing a fantastic game out as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose we gave out here before about maybe the Tip Limerick game being on after, after yeah. the Limerick hurling match, and that, that's, that's a bit of a joke. But um, yeah, that, that Camogie game finished with a fine crowd in the ground in the end. I suppose it was lucky for Clare in a way as well that it was Clare and Kikini and the Hurling also because it can be hard sometimes if you're playing a double header away from home in the Camogie and the Hurling crowd start coming in and getting behind your opponents. Um, but obviously there was a big Clare crowd down for, for both games and um, you could hear in the commentary on the, on the stream that the, there were plenty of Clare people uh, making plenty of noise in the crowd when the when the Camogie was finishing up. So like, like Clare have a lot of young players and that experience has spanned them as well and Look, depending on where the fixtures go, that's the five-team group. But they're uh, they're one more win away from being in the league final, and not too many people uh, would have predicted that at the start of the year. But off this line start, it'll be a huge boost in confidence for for Jer and the lads. And yeah, look, there it was a great win for him. Aaron, would you take an interest, or would you follow the other games? Slightly, 
Eventually, I suppose. I suppose when you're a carbonated, there was so much working on with exactly. carbonated playing there yesterday as well. So that kind of took over a bit of my interest yesterday, and then the rest of the games on the telly too. But um, I would be keeping up. You know, you'd look at the little ones, um, the league like results from Division One, Division Two, and obviously uh, looking at our own Division Three as well. But it's more the results that you'd be looking looking at. You might not have seen much of the coverage of the games really. And Claire, a fantastic two point win over to Kenny. And totally yeah, deserve. No, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. God, it's so see the underdog kept mouth. That's exactly it. And Sully then Waterford and Offaly drew. And a few weeks ago, we kind of, you know, we're, we're tough on what on Offaly. So they must have listened to us and said, "Do you know what? We're going to kind of get our own back in these pair." Yeah, we can't be fooling ourselves now. You're, you're trying to say you're an influencer there that by having a cut off Offaly, you inspired them to victory or to. And I can't think you can claim that one over. No, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I suppose. Uh, they were in a fairly precarious position again with about a quarter of an hour to go on Sunday so it looks like they're not going to do anything the easy way this year but um, for, like I'd always said there that we didn't want to take away from Clare's, uh, Clare's victory against Kikini by talking about how poor maybe Kikini were but uh, Watford would be kicking themselves at that one there's no two ways about it uh, they were they were six points up a quarter of an hour to go at home um, against the team that they would expect to be beating comfortably and they blew it like there's no two ways about it um, Offaly finished very strongly uh, in fairness and Albert Kelly would be delighted with that that uh, his team showed a bit of character I suppose and look we were critical of him um, the last time out all jokes aside they didn't score in the second half claimed to win so I suppose we had no choice but to be critical of them but um, yeah the 418 was uh, gave it a, a superb performance for Offaly by all accounts uh, hit all the frees hit the late goal uh, that's her second time getting on the on the score sheet with a goal in the, in the league this year so she's really coming into form the ex-Tipperary player um, she's had a huge impact since she moved to Offaly two seasons ago. She's already been made captain. She's captain free take or goal scorer. So um, she's really, uh, really taken to taking the things on the other side of the border there. Uh, for Watford, Beck Carton did a lot of scoring and I suppose won the freeze, scored the freeze, did the usual bet things. Um, but look for for, um, for the Watford management. Like the, it's going to be a long, long break now. There's no chance of getting to the league final unless there's a freak set of results. And, you know, like they're just really going to have to regroup, I suppose, get the Galtier girls on board after the after the club finals are over and, and just try and get going. But um, it's going to be difficult from now with no real competitive fixtures now until maybe the middle of, middle of June, you know, so tough. Yeah, that's what we were saying, though, about having just the one place in the league finals. Um, Aaron, I suppose it is tough because if you lose one or two games, then you don't really have a chance. Whereas before, when you had the two teams battling out and getting through to a, a semi-final, it was better. Yeah, well, I suppose so. But I suppose then across all uh, codes now, the league is getting so competitive. Mm. Um, you can see it there on the on telly there watching all games that every team is putting such performance or such training in in like, you know, November, December time that teams are nearly coming and they're nearly peaking come their February, March league game. Well, not peaking, but you know, they're yeah. really, really at their best around that time. So you're having really competitive games and I suppose uh, teams are looking at performing to the max nearly in March time, maybe bringing it down, dipping it again before championship starts again. 
But um, I suppose the Ask players, players are really, really enjoying competing mm. in the league as much as Championship. Yeah. Years ago, you might look at Championship being the big day. Yeah. But these league games now are so close, and people have been training and maybe gym for so long, so many months before league starts. That anticipation for an actual game and to get out back back on Sundays is just brilliant to get away from training so yeah. hard in the gym that they have been doing for months before. Yeah, Sully, in Group 2, it's going to be a big clash between Tip and Galway because Tip defeated Dublin and then it was just all too easy for Galway when they played Limerick. Yeah, um, I suppose we would have maybe thought the Tip-Dublin game would have been a lot closer than, yeah. than what the scoreline was. But um, by all accounts, it was a very, very competitive game. Um, I chatted to Sarah Friday, she was at it. Um, and Tip had to play very, very well to, to win by six points there. So Bill Milani would be very pleased with that. Um, they had some big, big performances. Caught the van again. I suppose we can't really talk about caught playing well because it's just such a such a given now. But she, she was very good. And um, Roisin Howard was excellent for them as well. Um, she plays with us in UL. She's just a real, um, a real creative influence in the tip in the tip forward line. Um, the turning point in the game was uh, a point blank save. Ethan Butler made in the second half. So Sarah said it was uh, probably the best save they've seen in Camogie and Tip in a long, long time. So. Um, maybe the scoreline didn't do Dublin justice there by all accounts they were very well organised very fit very physical and very much up for it and I suppose that's in line with what we've been hearing out of Dublin camp is that um, they're playing with a bit of a pep in their step with their new management and there's a bit of energy there so um, look again they're another team now that will have a long a long wait for competitive fixtures again into the summertime but uh, we'll have to keep an eye on them in the summer but Tip will be delighted they've two from two now and uh, they get a real real competitive game which is I suppose the equivalent of a semi-final and all the semi-finals are gone but um, they'll be happy to get that competitive game against Galway and it'll be an indicator of where they are um, where they are in their progress I suppose the other game I watched on the live stream uh, Limerick got their tactics completely wrong to be honest uh, if you have to be critical about it um, Galway I suppose it was just no secret what they were going to do they were going to try and isolate Neve Hannity inside one-on-one and Look, she was marking Marion Quaid. Marion Quaid's a class defender, played the whole of the Ashburn campaign for us at cornerback. But just the rest of the defence left her wide open, you know, and there was no cover. And look, you don't want to be one on one with Hannah. Like, um, it's like being one on one with Salah. You know? <laughs> it's just, look, once the, once the ball is fed in anyway, good at all. And like, if you have Neve Kenny and Aoife Dunahoo picking up handy ball around the middle of the field, which they were. Uh, they totally dominated the midfield and they've got half a yard to look up and, and hit you in 50 yards of space one-on-one. You can forget about it. And, like Hannity had four goals laid on in the first 20 minutes, scored one, missed another one and laid on three, two for catch infinity. And yeah, Jesus, just, yeah, Limerick left to have a look at their defensive organisation because they just left themselves wide open. I know we'd be you know, critical of teams playing defensively and stuff like that, but geez, you can't go too far the other way either and leave yourselves wide open, John. And they'll be disappointed. They'll be disappointed, I suppose, on a positive note for Paul Sexton. Like, they didn't throw in the towel. They kept battling. Um, so it would have been very easy to away from home and tough enough conditions, I suppose, in the wintertime um, to throw in the towel and, and just pack it in. But they kept at it, you know. And um, Like, uh, Kriva Costello kept fighting and Sophia Callahan kept fighting and trying to win ball and stuff like that. But ultimately, Galway were far too strong from, you know. And I suppose, probably out of mercy... Cahill took off Hanno Sarah Durbin at half time but uh, probably maybe what he hadn't realised was he was replacing him with Sarah Healy and uh, Carrie Dolan so uh, didn't exactly go handy on Limerick but yeah it's a sign of the strength and depth call they have there that I suppose they were able to put a beating on that 
and another senior county with Lorraine Ryan, uh, Sean Healy, Terry Dolan, um, Ailish O'Reilly, all sitting on the bench, you know. So mm-hmm. it's a scary prospect. It's a scary prospect for the rest of the competition that they're able to do that. Uh, Rebecca Henley was uh, really, really good again at 11 for Galway. Look, they're just strong all over the field. Uh, Roisin Black at centre back as well. Um, good at Coaster and Mary Eye at one stage um, for a little while. And yeah, look, top class. Really, really good side. But look, Limerick, I suppose they're another one of these teams now that have lost two league games that are out of the league. And we'll have a nice long break for the summer to try and regroup and maybe get things together. And like, suppose they lost obviously Neve Mullins on a year out and they lost Rebecca Delay there in the last round of the league and but Limerick just don't have the playing resources to replace two leaders like that and I'm going to go through uh, the other results from the weekend and obviously we'll talk about Calvin's great win over Roscommon as well in Division 2 Group 1 Down had a four point win over Kerry in Group 2 Meath comprehensively defeated Kildare Group 3 Down defeated Dublin then in Division 3 in Group 1, Limerick beat Tyrone and then obviously the Calvin win over Roscommon while in Group 2, Down defeated Armagh and Carlo had a comfortable win over Louth. Aaron, it's great to be back playing Camogie Calvin and a very good win over Roscommon on Saturday. Yeah, it was. It was nice now. I suppose it was our first um, outing with Calvin coming back now, only only putting out a new team again this year into the league um, after a good few years gap. So I suppose we went out into the unknown there Saturday uh, against the Roscommon team, which we knew there would be a good side. Um, we knew where they had um, in the, where they got to last year in the last yeah. senior semi final. So um, we kind of went in blind, but um, I suppose we were just up to us to kind of hit the ground running. We got on the scoreboard early, which kind of settled the nerves that might have been there. And we just kind of rallied the troops and um, I suppose home advantage played to our advantage as well. So it was nice. So we just kind of drove on and it kind of went our way. We got the scores when we necessary. And uh, that was it. That was the line, thank God. Sully, there was a, a shinty game over the weekend between UL and Scotland. Um, why was it organised? Well, I'll take it out. Before, before we move on from Cavins, you played it down very high there. We all went out to see how we get at <laughs> They've been training like animals since November, by all accounts. Um, I don't know where did you Jimmy, hear that. Jimmy, I don't know. Jimmy Greville. Jimmy Greville is the manager, and he's Johnny Greville's brother. And there's no brother of Johnny Greville goes up and goes out for an old game oh, on a Saturday or brother. Sunday. Yeah. See, yeah. Aaron, he has all the contacts and connections now. He's like a mafia member. You won't get away with any comments like that around here. Kevin are a dark horse in that Division 3, and there's none of this uh, poor mode over oh, there. No, they've, they've been flat out, flat out since November training like animals, is what I heard. I don't that's, think that's so. Oh, Sully, my mother is... My mother is from Mullahorn and them Calvin people like playing everything down the do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the cute, What did they call yeah, them? Cute Calvin Ross? I don't know. We'll say, yeah. we say nothing till uh, August or September. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you won't slip away at like that. But, uh, Sully likes making yeah, these no. bets, don't you, Sully, though, for the year? Yeah, yeah. I like I like making kind of random predictions. So Cavan for Division Three, you know, is uh, is one that we keep. Oh, so at least we've one supporter outside the county. So <laughs> right? I, I took I took a training session in Castle Tara before. Is that what it's called? Oh yeah, yeah. there's a few guys in Castle yeah. Tara on the team. Yeah, I mean, there's a Limerick man coaching Camogie up in Cavan. See, we know, we're we're everywhere. Limerick people are everywhere. Mark there is a draw for Limerick in Castle uh, yeah. Tara, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So there you is go. this so, another county yeah. you've been in? How many counties have you been to? Or? Uh, 
that was only Pope's a one-off session. They, oh, you know, they did an old church gate collection there and they could afford to get They never wanted yeah, you back yeah. again. That was it. <laughs> it was once only. It was once only. Once only. Yeah, we got invited back, yeah. Well, we got them to put their hands in their pockets. That's it, exactly. I'm glad you That's said it. that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not city, afraid uh, to flag me own. <laughs> no, no. Uh, the city, yeah, the city was great on Saturday. I suppose uh, we'd organised this um, a good bit back. I suppose uh, we got. In, I can't remember how the contact came about. But we got in contact with the Scottish Student Sport, and they were looking to come over and play a game. Um, so we invited them over, and they came over. And look, it was something we really wanted to get behind because. Um, Look, there's no outlet at the moment for, for the Camogie players in Ireland to play for Ireland in the Shinty International. It was something that used to happen years ago. Um, and I know they've been working on it at Munster level, at provincial level here in Limerick. A Munster junior team played in Scotland there last year. But it's just something we feel strongly about. I suppose the reason we get involved in sports talk, the reason we get involved in anything is to try and give the players the same platform that the lads have. And mm. It's like I was coaching Kildare and that there in the West Mead, he'd have lads rocking in in the early gear. And yeah. You'd ask, you'd ask them how they got it and they might have played under 21 as a sub for Ireland or something like this. <laughs> These boys would be struggling to, struggling to make the Kildare team or struggling to make the West Mead team, you know. So, like, some of them wouldn't be fit to, to lace their cart and boots. So, we said, look, we would... Uh, we would try and put it on, and so we went to Whole Hog and got him the Ireland jersey. So Paul O'Neill looked after us uh, with a set of uh, set of Ireland jerseys with the UL sponsors, Castroy Park, Bank of Ireland, and stuff on him. So we went to Whole Hog and we gave the girls a great day. But what we'd really like, I suppose, is uh, if the CCO or if the Camogie Association kind of took ownership of it going forward and actually made it a thing, whether it's the the Ashbourne All Stars went over and played them, or whether. It was a selection from uh, from from across the county that played them, but look, I think it's important to provide the representative platforms for these players because they deserve it. They deserve to be treated the same as the lads, you know. So, um, look, we're going to maybe try and go back next year, whether we bring a few guests with us from other colleges or whether CCO weighed in and make it a, make it an official trip or something like that. That would be great. So, it's something we're going to going to look into, but uh, we'll be I'm going either way. Absolutely, yeah. I know it's a fair trip, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to afford to fly over. The Scottish lads tell us it took them a 14-hour bus journey to get to Limerick. So, Jeez. Um, yeah, but look, it was great. No, it was a great old day. And we played with the Shinty Sticks for the last 10 minutes, and they played with the Hurleys and stuff. So look, it was played in a kind of a sporting spirit. Uh, it was competitive, but it was uh, it was more the, the occasion for both teams, really. They got a chance to represent Scotland, and our girls got a chance to put on the green jersey. So it was something kind of unique and different for them, but... Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great occasion, Joe, so we were delighted to, delighted to still there, you know. And it would be great, Aaron, if they did bring it in. It must be great to represent your country. Oh, I'd say, yeah, and it would be a great opportunity. Uh, I actually went to college in Aberdeen in Scotland, so I played a bit of shinty. Oh, now, Sully, yeah. you know, for next year? Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I don't think there was, I had any skill level at all for getting under the ball, but... Uh, yeah, no, it was it was good. We travelled around our end Scotland down to Dundee and that, but it was kind of just an outlet. There was no camogie, we say, in RGU and Aberdeen at the time, so we kind of used Shinty as our camogie mm. outlet. But it was good. It was it was uh, good. Played all in good spirits over there. But uh, I remember the camogie girls when they used to go play an all star here that they used to get picked for Ireland to go and play Shinty. Now that's I'd say that's like eight or ten years ago now mm-hmm. and they went to Scotland I think one year maybe over to Glasgow or Edinburgh so yeah it's always I'm sure it's always an honour to put on your club jersey initially and then yeah. the jersey for sure your country then is a whole different ball game so yeah sure I'm sure anybody would um, 
take a handy as for trying to get it put on the Ireland jersey in any colour in any sport. That's it. Well, you mentioned club, Erin, and this Sunday in Crow Park, it's the Ireland club finals. Um, for me and for you, and obviously Sully as well, club is where it's at, club is where it starts. Galtier from Waterford to on St. Rhinus from Offaly in the intermediate final, while in the senior final, Galway side Sarsfields will hope to stop Derry Slockneil from completing four in a row. And Sarsfields actually were defeated by Slockneil in the 2017 and 2018 final. We'll talk first of all about the intermediate final. Um, Waterford and Offaly have lost players, obviously, as well, because there's so many from both teams um, involved with their clubs. How do you see that intermediate final going, Sully? Yeah, look, the the two games of the weekend are going to be class. I actually can't wait for them. We've been waiting for these since the semi-finals are made uh, or finished. Two two unbelievable games. Um, look, Waterford and Offaly, I suppose, um, are, are really suffering with the lack of the club players at the moment. So that's got to give you an idea of the quality that's going to be there. Um, Galtier... We're in the final last year, lost to Clandoff by a point. We'll probably feel that they didn't perform on the day. You know, it's the serious Clandoff side that provide the backbone for Down, who are very competitive at the intermediate level in the last couple of years. Um, but look, from speaking to them, they'll feel that maybe they didn't do themselves justice in Crow Park and they had a very, very young team that a three or four of their starting 15 were still in school in St. Andrews and Walford uh, when that final was played and have moved on to college since. They, I suppose, they got they got a number over on on Clandoff in the semi final. They got a bit of revenge there, and, and they're coming in with a bit of confidence. And you can't beat an old bit of hunger and a bit of a bit of hurt to to get you over the line on the big day. Um, look, they've quality all over the field. I suppose, uh, like Annie Fitzgerald and Kate Lynch started for us in the Ashburn final last Sunday. Uh, Ivan Ling there has been nominated for an All Star for Watford on numerous occasions. Uh, Trish Jackman. Uh, wherever she'll operate, uh, she's a bit of a jack of all trades for them, but probably somewhere in the middle third. Um, Trisha's sister Kira is a is a really really good goalkeeper and played out the field for DCU in the Ashburn last weekend. So, like at intermediate levels, uh, that sprinkling of county talent around the place. They've shown it to Cheryl off the WIT panel as well. Like they're they're a serious serious side, but I suppose what saves Norla Murphy's uh, team on the other side is a fairly serious outfit as well. Um, Rhinas are the new the new Offaly. They only won their first one a couple of years ago under Albert Kelly, who's the new Offaly manager now. They have Mark done in over him. Uh, Mark was the was the Galway Camogie manager for a while, um, and uh, was involved with Limerick as a coach as well under Declan Nash. Um, so he has a lot of experience. And look, David, they have some serious names as well. Linda Sullivan at the back has played for Offaly for ten or twelve years. Uh, Roisin Egan is a big physical player in the middle of the field for them and then up front they've probably two of the best Camogie players in the country Siobhan Flannery who's been Offaly's best player for the last number of years and then Kay Kinney um, Kay Kinney is just an absolute uh, phenomenal talent as actually uh, on to her family today with scholarships are closing in UL at the moment so I think she's doing the leaving search so we're looking to, to recruit um, and get her in for, for Ashburn next year uh, I think two years ago she won the won the Camogie and uh, Ladies Football Player of the Year in the same year in Offaly as a 16 or 17 year old. She's just one of these incredible talents. So the Grinders are stacked all over the field. Galtier are stacked all over the field. Both of them are from senior counties. Both of them would probably compete at senior level if they went into it. And it's really, really difficult to call 
um, who's going to win it. But um, my gut feeling is Galtier, just with the, having the experience of playing in Crow Park, I suppose with the players who had the experience of, of having a really good season with Waterford last year, and was the cool head and the shoulders of Jackman and that, that I think they'll have enough to get over the line. But just about. Uh, it's, it's, it'd be a single single score game there, but it should be an absolute cracker. Aaron from Ulster, you know all about how, and I know all down to the years with BS men's football, ladies' football, how competitive it is. But Schlock Neil have really set the bar. Happened the ladies' football, camogie, hurling, football, something else. They're going for four in a row. Oh yeah, they're a remarkable club really, it has to be handed to them and I suppose even if they do fall short this year or that, what they have achieved um, all over from one club is phenomenal um, I think any club would look at them in envy with the amount of silverware that must be in their club rooms and the amount of, um, I suppose, what they've handed down to the younger players yeah. growing up in such a successful um, scene, it only like success breeds success. So I'm sure I know it comes and swings and round roundabout, but like the young ones growing up only know about winning there, and it's still the breed of winning and never losing. So that'll be forever in that club, you know. So it's it's, it's great, and uh, like they they have to be uh, patted on the back for everything they've achieved in all codes. Yeah, I suppose Sully for Sarsfields, they're hoping that it will be third time lucky after losing in 2017 and 2018 to Slough Neil. Yeah, um, yeah, look, I know Michael McGrath quite well and I don't think he'll be overly focused. Who do you not know, time. man? Uh, <laughs> uh, look, we uh, we had his daughter on loan there for about nine weeks for the Ashburn, so he's on the phone every week to make sure we weren't knocking any <laughs> bad habits into her down in Limerick. So, uh, so I'd say he was delighted once the final whistle went to the Ashburn that uh, he could take her back off her hands again and get her thinking about Sarsfields again. But um, yeah, look, he's, uh, Mike is a competitive character and I don't think those defeats will have knocked anything out of him. I, I think... Uh, you know, like a lot changes in two years. I think it's a little bit different for God's here, maybe with last year. But um, look, they'll they'll be trying to to just focus on on the task at hand. Um, like Slat Neil are a serious club side. Like they're going for the four in a row. I think the last team that did it was in the eighties was Buffers Alley, and I always spoke before. Camogie has changed so much in the last twenty years that really you could almost say that this is modern Camogie, and what they did was in was in the old game. You know, like it's gone from 12 aside to 15 aside and just uh, destroyed the strength conditioning and coaching and tactics and everything have made it a completely different game so look I suppose Slatneel will be looking to, to equal the record but I think we all we all know that they're the best team of modern times by by a long shot you know and it's just incredible what they've done um, to even be going for the four in a row are vulnerable um, it'll be interesting to see to see how Sarsfield handled the threat of Tina Hannon, like she's so key to everything that that Slotnil do. Um, she plays a little bit like Shane Conway plays for Kerry and UCC, and that she'll be named in the half forward line or full forward line. But she goes, to, she has license to go and get on the ball wherever it is. And look, when she has the ball in hand, it's very very difficult to stop. Uh, she's got everything. She's got pace. She's got finishing. Um, she's got great creative instinct. Um, she works really well with Shannon Graham. There was great pace around the middle of the field as well. And like key to key to Sarsfield staying in this game or, or getting a grip on this game is how they handle Hannon. You know, and looks like they do set up with a sweeper. So maybe Sarsfield will engage the extra player to double Mark Hannon and back the rest of their players five on five. You know, um, 
would be very interesting. But like, I suppose maybe Sarsfields are a little bit unlucky that they are a serious, serious club team in their own right, and you know they they could easily have picked up two or three All Ireland um, in another era. So I suppose look, it'd be great for I suppose the neutral to see them see them put one on the board. Um, like they're they're very very strong. You know, so the talk but there with Michael McGrath, like his four daughters playing and the four of them are county senior standard players, you know. Like uh Cloda Cloda probably be centre back. Uh Neve probably around midfield or uh, maybe around centre forward and probably Chicago at full forward so, so you have the whole spine of the team but it's there a spellman there as well that played centre forward for Galway in the other in the final last year. Um Laura Ward played the full back for their intermediate team in Cole Park last year. Maria Cooney was a sub on the up on the Galway team the other in the final so they have seven or eight players of top 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 county standard and they are a serious team and to be honest with you I think they'll do it I kind of fancy them to do it um, and I know you probably wouldn't make too much money over the years back against Slot Neil but I just fancy Sarsfield to do it I think they'll uh, they'll have too much down the middle for them and uh, they'll they'll use that extra player to, to curb Hannon's impact but so that's easier said than done, but I just I really think they'll have enough to get over the line on today. Who are you tipping, Aaron? Are you gonna go with Sully or do you think that uh Schlock Neil can do the four in a row? Um, I I just I always fear I always fear the the ones that when they get to the to Crow Park, even though I know that they have I think that sometimes doubt can come into your mind again <laughs> when it comes to the final whistle after two losses. So sometimes I just I, I'd have to go for Slot Neil and I know they have to be bad again, but I just don't think that their team has evolved or changed enough. I still think that they are they're still well able to perform, well able to win games, and still have the strength and firepower or just everywhere across the team. Um, I still think they have another All Ireland in them, so I'm going to have to go for Shaknay as well. I have to stick with the Ulster side. <laughs> See that they all stick together up there. <laughs> um uh, they all stick okay. together, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but like I just said, so like who I'll meet down the line. <laughs> Aaron, you mentioned earlier on about your game with Calvin. And um, after nearly a decade, you have a county team competing in the league. Like, how did it come about? Um, well, I suppose it was mentioned, I suppose any player that played in club, Camogie, uh, in Calvin would have always loved uh, Calvin like, to represent their county yeah. again. But I suppose it just took um, a bit of time for the county board to collectively come together to develop a management team to obviously get a wee bit of funding together, get to get in place like a good professional setup. That's that's what's needed to actually compete at yeah. the county level. You need to have a bit of funding to put together your gym programs, and you need girls to be buying into it. So you need the county to treat your players well. So I think the county board all came together, got a good managerial um, team in place brought in the professional um, elements with, between the gym and just looking after the girls well and just between the whole lot, the county board and the management side of things um, it was advertised well for the girls it put all, um, all the girls across the county and like interest it was good interest mm-hmm. you know, because of the facilities that were going to be put in front of us to facilitate the improvements in the team so all the girls have bought into it from November from when we came together so it's just been going it's been going well now so it has but like it, we're still it's still the unknown yeah. yet like so like judging from what we were doing we're working well but we we'll just have to see down the line how, how, how where really we are Jimmy Greville is your manager and 
for a lot of girls there, a lot of the Crusher Lock girls there, you know who he is and all about him because he was with Crusher Lock. Yeah, Jimmy trained us for two years, yeah. Um, he got to the county final and won Ulster Club under Jimmy for mm. two years in a row, which was good. But yeah, we get on very well with Jimmy. Yeah, he's a good friend of ours as well. He's a, he's a great positive way of looking at things. He's really encouraging. And we would have known that from Chris Law, but he's definitely brought that to the Calvin scene. Um, he's instilled great confidence in every player on the panel, you know, the, that everyone can better themselves and everyone has a place and everyone's fighting for their. T- to Jersey 1 to 15 or 1 to Turkey or whatever it might be um, so it's just it's a great morale booster when you know your management is there to encourage you and bring you on and you know just point out your faults but I mean encourage you and it's all it's all been positive so far Like Sully from you looking from the outside in you wouldn't think that Camogie would be quite popular in Cavan but you know you've, you have clubs there Aaron um, I remember my former school had Camogie in it and it was always backboned by Cavan girls and my aunt played Camogie and there is such an interest up there yeah it is in certain places it's it's massive like the, the like some of the girls on that team well most obviously mm. all of them now but like like the passion and drive they have for their Camogie and the will to represent Cav and Camogie is formidable like they would they'll bend over backwards as much as any team in any county any player in any yeah. county would to represent represent their county so it is formidable and I suppose it wasn't until we came together there in November we put all the clubs together and we realised God collectively we evolved such an interest and a goal of putting on the Cavan jersey and representing it well so it's testament to the county board to management and to the girls themselves within the county that everything, everyone has put their shoulder to the wheel and driven the thing on so that it's just great that we're running out onto the pitch collectively representing Calvin Camogie at yeah. the minute and any, any win is um, a plus or a bonus this year I'm going to wait for it now Aaron you want to throw a few cans, cans onto the bus or anything or what's the crack or bring it down, go down to Limerick is it and an away trip <laughs> Uh, no, there's a story. There's a story behind that. See there, yeah, there was trouble. There was trouble over beer on the bus there about ten years ago. Was there? We won't say anymore. The county board, county board got involved. Jesus, I didn't hear this. No, that's the first. The Anglo South never had that story, did they? <laughs> we don't want the county board to send us any letters, though. But uh, uh, send you any letters. Yeah, there's a good old story there now, so there is. But sure, look, we won't say anything. We won't say anything. Hopefully there won't be any away trips for Kevin this year. That's always there. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to it, judging by that. Thank you, Rafferty. I'd be the first one on the bus, I'd say. I tell you, you can't watch yeah. these Kevin women. They're terrible. You played football uh, as well for your county, Aaron. So what's it like, you know, to, to represent the Camogie that wouldn't get as much coverage um, as the football up in Kevin? Um, it's still, still great. Mm. Like uh, obviously, any time you play, but it's it's something different now. I suppose you're playing with like different girls. Mm. Um, you know, the uh, club scene in Camogie is very competitive. Actually, yeah. in Calvin, um, health like health, good healthy competition, and then uh, there's not as many there's not as many um, teams. So you kind of tendency to know all the girls very well and that. But it's not until you come together and you have one goal. It's like 
sometimes you feel like it's us against them when it's, there's, there's so many, so little clubs and you're competing in clubs. But when you come together as a county, um, like you come together as like a team then and it's, it's so much nicer. Like you get to know girls as friends then instead of like opposition, mm. you know, like because it was never like that because you're so used to just being club against club. And um, because there's no county team, when you were playing, when you were playing with the football, you went, you were playing your club uh, football, but you were going in and you were playing with the rest of the clubs in the county under 14, under 16, minor. So you had better friendship built. Whereas I found with the Camogie sometimes it was just club against club. Whereas now it's just that this is the first time I suppose that our clubs are all coming together as one one common interest, one common goal, and it's nice. It's, get, it's nice to get to know the girls from other clubs as friends now, as as well as teammates. Obviously, Sully, you know, Cab, and we could say they're new because uh, they haven't been playing in nearly a decade. Any advice you would give to the players? You know, they're just starting off now. You're actually after putting the hex on them and telling them that they're going to get up to Division 2. So you're putting pressure on them. But apart from that, That's any right. advice? Jeez. Any advice? Any advice and not to take it there and That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think they need any advice. I'd say Jimmy be sound there. He's Bob Wesley last year in the Kogi and she's Johnny there with him and uh to advice as well. I'd say you know what the uh, Wesley lads now mightn't take too kindly to any advice from Limerick though. That's why we got thrown out of the Harlan team in the first place. They couldn't take the advice from Limerick, you know, so but uh luckily the clan Run kill boys were able Yeah, luckily the clan kill boys were able to take it so uh yeah. No cans in the bus for you. Yeah, you can tell Jimmy I said sorry for costing Raharney the county championship last year, but it's resting safely in Clankill anyway, so the Clankill boys are happy enough, so they'll be alright. But I don't know, look, I suppose, look, it's, it's suppose the, the thing about starting off, like if you look at Down at the weekend, they won they won in, in Division 2 and in Division 3, and like Down were only junior uh, eight or nine years ago, and were probably struggling for the team all the time. So I suppose if you can kind of keep it on the track and get everyone pulling in the same direction, the sky's the limit. You know, you're only limited by you're only limited by your own uh, expectations at times. And um, look, Kerry, you're only picking from one club, and they're competing in Division Two now and competed well at the weekend. So yeah. look, as long as you can get everyone keep uh, keep everyone on the same on the same track and keep everyone pulling pulling together, who knows what could happen? You know, that's just the way it goes. The fact is, Aaron, you play for your club, the ladies, Lacken. And then Kershaw is the Camogie. So, uh, what's the rivalry there? Because two different clubs, two different areas in Garvin as well. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just the rivalries there. It's good, healthy rivalry. A bit of slagging over and back, but uh, not too, not too vicious or malice. Um, yeah, I suppose. I You're all right. You're balancing between you, so. Yeah, to support to support me. Um, sitting on the fence there near Valenia actually. Um, yeah, I suppose with Lack and I, I, I there was no team football team in Crushlow yeah. when I first started off, then I went to play with Lacken. But um yeah, I suppose Lacken and Crushlow and the Camogie um over the years there was it there was good healthy rivalry there. It was a good battle. Uh, Lacken were very competitive and have have been very, very successful over the years. Um, I suppose a few years before us they were competing in all Ireland club semi finals and that. And then I suppose now it's just they go swings and roundabouts, I suppose we have won the test finals the last few years there. And I suppose we are competing at the highest level now. But if and some other club you know the way it goes, some other club will take over well, hopefully not too <laughs> soon, but you know. Um and then in the football then I suppose Blackman in the football were competitive there for 
years as well winning senior championships. But now we'll have to give a big shout out, of course. You know, uh, Sully, you mentioned your friendship with Jimmy Grebel. Uh, I mentioned my friendship with uh, your ex Lacken ladies manager, Mr. Ryan Casey. He's now yeah, a, a man. Yeah, he's a my local club, Sully, so I have to be nice to him now. What he keeps That's on saying, you know, I'm nice for how long? He's nice back. No, he is because he's afraid, you <laughs> know, I'll write out about him. He's afraid I'll write. See, he doesn't like this thing that everyone's nice to him now in Granard because we're doing all right. He's just thinking that when things don't go well, you know, that's when everyone will be coming into the chemist. And poor Aaron could end up actually in the chemist. You you could end up taking the, the gig from him because you, you worked up here too. But managers, you know, we were having the crack about Ryan and Jimmy and that. Those type of managers and the different influence they have in your life. Yeah. And they are, and especially, I suppose, even more, the younger you are, the bigger an influence the manager can have, you know. You actually spend so much time with your teammates and then hence your managers as well that you can, you know, that you can but it makes form such a bond with them, whether it be like sometimes it's a love-hate kind of relationship, depending on, I suppose, before training and during training, you might want to kill them. But now, Sully, you know what the players think of you. <laughs> I already knew that. Isn't it? You're always going to have a bit of crack and yeah, dragging at the end. So there's an Australian rugby league coach, and he says if you have a panel of thirty, there's ten to think you're a god, ten to think you're a complete tool, and the key to success is to get to ten in the middle, edging slightly towards liking you. <laughs> that's, what, that's about it. So the fifteen to start, I always, uh, always think you're great. The fifteen to don't, probably think you're a flea. Just sure look, that's the way it goes. Is it is it the same for captains then, Aaron? Yeah, yeah, it's the exact same. It's even harder because you're the first one to abuse. <laughs> what are you like actually as a... Well, I know that you're a chassis, so what are you like as a captain? As a captain? Mm. Oh, just uh, too much to say. I'd say. <laughs> um, to who, referees or to the players? Oh, I don't know. Nah, no, I'm not for that. I don't know. <laughs> um, actually, you just try and like be there for the girls, you know, as a friend and if there's any issues, to you know that they can come to you. And, you know, they can vent to you or ask for advice or just be the link player between management and even county board or whatever they need, just be there for them. But there's so many leaders on that in on that cabin panel now. They don't really need much advice on what to do. And it's just, we all kind of help each other out. We all kind of drive the thing on. They're all experienced enough. We have a good, a good backbone of older kind of players there that drives the thing on, makes my job very easy, to be honest. And the thing about it is you have people there that have an interest... Sully, um, I know that it, like Longford, we don't have a Camogie team, but there's a few clubs there that are that wants to it's have Camogie there. <laughs> Will you come up now? No, and... Not far, not far from Granard. There is a few uh, head clubs, um, in Longford. There's a few underage clubs, and uh, I suppose Sully getting Camogie out there to the counties that don't have teams. Yeah, it's tough going, I suppose. Um... No, Aaron's willing to come to whatever club. So why set up a camogie yeah. team in Granard? Be like weapons yeah, up here. Uh, yeah, look, it can be hard going, I suppose, isn't it? Like uh, you need some bit of tradition there at times, or else you need to get lucky. And um, like if you if you trace back the roots of a lot of clubs that start off, like they've got lucky with primary and schools. Teachers, I was going to say that, yes, and stuff like that. So like if you can get a, a school teacher in who's really interested. I suppose they have a captive audience every day, don't they? With with uh, with their kids and what like that, and if they can create that culture. Uh, like if you look at the Pierce League, won the won the our learning club there a couple of years ago from Limerick. They were only formed in the sixties. You know they're not they're a young club. They were formed in Cahardavon by a group of Tipperary people that were there, um, and 
like the Liam Kennedy and these guys, and they would have just started that off from scratch. So, like, it can be done. I suppose it may be maybe it's easier in places like Cavan. I suppose even though it's going back seventy or eighty years, there was a strong history of hurling yes. in Cavan going back to the twenties and thirties, getting close to senior finals and stuff like that. So maybe in a place like that, it's somewhere in the psyche or somewhere in the DNA that there is a bit of hurling there. If you can trace back the history, but I suppose trying to start it from scratch and somewhere where there is none is very, very difficult, you know. So, um, Erin is going to get a new job in the chemist in Granard. She's going to go down to uh, Canuck, where, uh, where we used to have, you know, the Mohon girls, the Gowna girls, they used to play. Because, as you said, Sully, and um, it is... Hold on, hold on, Dee, hold on, hold on. I just have to say something there. Erin, if you are working in the chemist, make sure you use United Drug. I just started working from there last week. Shameless oh, Jesus so, Christ. So, yeah. That's you know, a good plug. Farm, I thought we yeah, were meant so. to be influencers on this. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, yeah. So just any farm. Sully just wings it. Give us a shout. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why this happens. I'll be there next week, Aaron. We'll get you all the count forms out for you. Not a bother. Sound as well. Happy days. <laughs> Unifar. I won't forget it. Thanks. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sully, you are something else. Ah, uh, sure look. He's just, he's thinking business all the time, he is. He's not even thinking of, I was thinking of, you know, Aaron coming in and starting, you know, Camogie and Canuckware and having a team in Longford. You're just thinking of business, Sully. I'm thinking of Camogie yeah, yeah. and Longford. Dollar sign. Exactly, yeah, you know. Dollar we're thinking of the sport. <laughs> we're thinking of the game, but he's thinking of... Game. Yeah, exactly. Why, why, why do you think I'm on here talking to you? <laughs> quarter, to, quarter to 11 on a Monday night. And this is why the GA gets sick. That, that's exactly. You know Limerick people, they're chancers. You know, like yeah, us absolutely. up this direction, we're grand. Erin, yeah. we look forward to, and please don't put pressure on yourself, you know, what Sully said, and tell Jimmy Greville, he probably doesn't listen to him anyway, not to listen to him, and not put pressure on yourselves. But we will look forward to following Calvin this year. Sully, drum roll, player of the week. I suppose the ones that stood out, obviously we spoke about Murray T and um, was excellent for Offaly. Uh, Emer Kelly uh, was top class for Clare. Uh, we spoke about Cotty Van as well. Um, I suppose the toss up really, uh, Roisin Howard had a really, really good uh, game for Tipperary. Um, and I was on the back of a really good Ashburn final for us there too, for last week as well. But I suppose Hannity just completely destroyed Limerick. Like it, it was just, it was just incredible. Like you'd go a long way this year before you see a performance like it. Scored one two, laid on the other three goals, so contributed four two uh, in half an hour. And that was after shipping a heavy, heavy tackle from Judith Mull in the first minute. Um, yeah, look, it was just a serious performance, and like she was very good last year as well, all the way through the year, right from the start with UL and the Ashburn through the league, Savage League final, Savage or Ireland City final, final. And look, it looks like the All Star full forward jersey is hers if she keeps the form going. So it'd be uh, it'd be rude not to give her the the pair of the week. So yeah, Nice Hannity Galway top class. Right, our Twitter questions of the week, and oh, please, geez. people, if you have any camogie questions, nothing got to do with pharmaceutical sales or anything got to do with sales. <laughs> Maybe Liverpool, Celtic, you know, Longford, Limerick. You know, we don't mind them questions, but nothing got to do with. Uh, Sully making extra money. Sully, we spoke before about calling Camogie women's hurling. But someone has asked, will the Camogie amalgamate with the GA? Oh, jeez. In the country, there are enough politics in the country now at the moment without talking with that. Um, <laughs> Probably more chances Sinn Féin and Fianna Fáil getting together than the Camogie. That's it, yeah. <laughs> I know, look, I suppose the, the Camogie Association is a little bit closer linked 
to the GAA that yeah. the football is at the moment. There is a bit of a of an assimilation there. Um, I suppose if you look at the AFL model, um, the AFLW has really benefited from being under the same umbrella as the AFL with regards to the fact that they can afford to run the games at a loss. Um, with the, obviously the knock-on benefit being that they get bigger crowds and they promote the game. I suppose the Camogie Association can't really afford to run games at a loss. Yeah. Um, because obviously they wouldn't have the funding for it. So I can definitely see the benefit of it. Um, I suppose a lot of clubs run the one-club model as it is at the moment anyway, and they've just taken the step of having the, of having the four sports in under the same umbrella. And I know from from within individual clubs that it does make it easier for the women's teams to get access to the same facilities as the men, so they get the same rights to the pitches, um, same access to funding, same access to sponsorship, that kind of stuff. So um, I think it would be a positive. Um, I know it would be a major, major step over the comfort zone for the Camogie Association. Um, but I think, I suppose, being part of a huge organisation would make it far easier to promote the game than being a small organisation on your own, which, without any offence, is what the Camogie Association is. So, yeah, um, I think it definitely would benefit from it. Is it going to happen in the next 20 years? Not a hope in hell of it, I would say. I love your honesty. You actually have a question, and Miss Galligan can answer this. Do you feel the 20 by 20 campaign has helped Camogie? Yes, I do, definitely. And the uh, advertising, even if nothing else, I think when it's just striking 20 by 20, I think when people see it now, they kind of automatically go and look to see what, what it's been, what's been advertised now. And even when you see the 20 by 20 on there on social media, of course, then you're, you're looking in to see what ladies, like games were on, yeah. whether it be the Little World League or... The, the football, the ladies' football, LGFA, their um, games at the weekend. So I do think the 20, even the slogan, the hashtag or that is is bringing, bringing up the profile of ladies' games. Yeah, no, I, I just... don't agree with that, though. I don't agree with it. Because <laughs> yeah. I think, okay, we, no, I think you're right in a, little, in a certain extent that it is definitely raising the profile of women's sports, but I think there's a serious commercial underbelly to what they're doing. And I don't think it's... Uh, like, if you look at it, anything they do is linked to Investec, it's linked to AIG, it's linked to these big, big corporations, and it's linked to their their sponsored athletes. And, like, I don't see it doing much for grassroots at all. I think, like, the the promotion of Camogie this year has never been better, but I don't think it's anything to do with 20 by 20. Like, the Ashburn Cup was really, really well promoted last year, or last weekend. That was down to the work the CTO did. There wasn't one uh, mention of 20 by 20 or anything like that added. Um, whereas I wonder if AIG were sponsors or if Dublin were playing uh, or if Investec were involved, Leona Maguire, uh, maybe they'd have a bigger interest in. I would really like to know what their uh, what their goal is. Like 20 by 20 is just run by a digital marketing agency. And there's a serious commercial goal towards it there. And I don't think it's all as nice and sweet as they're making out. Um, and I'd really, really like to know what's going on behind the background there. Sorry for being cynical, though, but I don't think I mean, it all is that Long term, yeah. Like, what's their long term goal? Like, you know, is it just, you know? It shouldn't be I just this year, you know, coming up to just this year. And I just happened to see a tweet um, last night about someone in Clare and Ron about, the, you know, the coverage of. Camogie and Clare and football, but yet the crowds aren't there. And I did say though that for a lot of the sports, is there's a clash 
and yeah. for me and I'm not being selfish and I love the Longford ladies and if we had a camogie team I'd love them as much and the hurlers as well but for me work wise I would get my most work and it's just it happens to be out of the footballers and if you know yeah, so many no, now the, la- the ladies have which is very good now Longford have let the ladies play when they've had chances at home have double headers and the same with the hurlers and obviously next weekend is going to be awkward because the hurling games all have to be played at the same time so it's clashing with the football but I find there you know when the talk, talk about about audiences and you know more women should be going to games but I think if you actually set out your stall and realised you know Karen, and you know it yourself in Calvin the Calvin footballers are always going to get top billing it's always the oh, way yeah, but, and if yeah, you can but, work around you, you it na- but you nailed it there you nailed it there you know, like the biggest problem in women's sport is that women aren't going out supporting women that's, they're not like, that's it women if there is a collision they're not yeah exactly you know and work dictates for me and if we could maybe have games if games could be different now your game is Saturday was Saturday afternoon so I'm sure anyone Aaron, that wants to go off could have went to the cabin game that evening in yeah. Brewster Park so you were able to do something like that but for a lot of people that can't do that or if they've got a brother playing for the county or a boyfriend playing for the county they'd like to go and show their support now we were able to have double headers not have the camogie or football on after but have double headers more things like that that we can work around the sports yeah, and make to vote an option. Yeah, the, yeah, the accessibility, I suppose, is the is the thing, isn't it? True. Like, I don't know how many how many double headers would you have played over the years? You could probably count them on one hand, maybe. Or they've never had a double header with the men. I said in Bretty Park. No, in no. a hurling match. <laughs> Not yet. There was um, an Ulster game played in Clona one time when Calvin men were playing in Calvin ladies. Should look at Cork, but look at Cork. Look at Cork. Yeah, Cork. Yeah, Cork. A bit. A bit probably the best ladies football team of all time the most consistent and most of them never played in Parky Creek yeah so the likes of, the likes of Breed Stack and Mary O'Connor and all these maybe if our 20 by 20 and things like that um, instead of but as you said um, obviously about the advertising so I suppose it's up to the likes of myself and yourself Sully to kind of push that if we went out there and said you know how about this helping our ladies football or helping our camogie in this way that it might help the question is and uh, it's not for you Sully because it's playing wise um, how difficult is it to play <laughs> sorry I I've just been <laughs> just kind of well, listen you he is and he slagged Longford off a while ago I didn't forget that um yeah um how difficult is it to play in the current weather conditions Erin um I uh, yeah it's difficult but you're training in them so it's not like you're you're going in the unknown that suddenly it's just it's just wet and miserable when you're going out to play so when you're you're you've just become immune to maybe like the ball sticking in the ground you just need to put effort extra effort picking it up like it's not going to bounce and obviously the game is a lot slower with rocks and that developing and I suppose it's hard for a ref nearly to referee as well that's what I found that well on Saturday there that it just went from rock to rock to rock you know because the ball wasn't really moving anywhere even when you did try and move it it just stopped again but um, you just adjust to it you know like I suppose it's not ideal everybody wants to be out there in the summer with their sort of spring in the ground and the ball just pops up nicely to you but so hopefully that'll come like but you just adjust to get on to go on to get on to throw a windsheet on you and go on about the Okay. Are you playing the championship this year or is it just the league for the moment? Oh please God! Now we will get to the championship. We shall. We I, yeah. as I say, we don't know. We're just taking it one step. So time. Sully, are you going to have yeah. a weekend in Cavan? Cavan in the championship. We can go on the roads. Give yeah. Cavan uh, a bit of publicity, you know. Yeah, 
maybe if they draw Limerick in the championship, maybe Limerick are in the juniors, I'll definitely go to watch the Limerick. I don't know if I could all the way to Canada. That's our next Saturday. case. Ah, here. Sunday. Limerick are decent, in fairness. Where's the land? Yeah. Make sure to give him a good welcome now. No dirty tricks or anything. Make sure the dressing room is nice and warm oh. for him and all that. Oh, not at all. Aaron, we are really looking forward to uh, following the fortunes of Cav. And I always say that, that um, if Longford are knocked yeah. out in the championship, it's handy having Mammy, you know, from Cav and that I can kind of follow Cav. And so I've no camogie team, so they're my... Yeah, well, they're... the more the merrier. And of course, you're going to come in now and, and sell camogie in Longford. So listen, thank you so much for joining us. Um, listen, Sully... It was uh, a pleasure as always, and we'll chat to you again next week. So until then, Slán Gafol.